what's up everyone welcome to another episode of everything entrepreneurial in this episode i'm speaking with orla dempsey orla is a career and life coach and she's also a teacher she specializes in working with teachers who are struggling to secure a job and helps them build their confidence and feel happy in their career okay let's get straight into the episode uh, just give us an introduction yourself about who you are and what you do please yeah so my name is orla dempsey i am a life and career coach for teachers and um i suppose my entrepreneurial journey began when i took a career break back in 2014. at that stage i had been uh, teaching for seven or eight years and i was yeah i was burned out um and took an opportunity to take a career break and go traveling um and when I returned, I wanted to try something else. Um, at that time, we were really restricted with the number of days that you could work as a substitute teacher. So I tried different avenues and couldn't find something that would replace my teaching uh, income. Um, that was really hard. I could get into childcare, I could do a few other things, but I felt very limited uh, in what I could do um, and eventually decided to become a coach. Um, so it's been a wonderful journey. It's been difficult, but it's been, um, yeah, I'm really, really glad now. I'm three, three and a half years in business. Jesus, and, fair play to you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's been it's been great though. Brilliant. So, what actually gave you the itch to become an entrepreneur? You were born out. Was it the born out itself uh, from being a teacher that kind of you were frustrated and suppose, and you were born out kind of mentally, physically? Yeah, I think it was that frustration uh, that I couldn't find anything else to do that suited my skills, um, that I was excited to to get into, um. Yeah. I did a lot of kind of childcare. There was a couple of years where I kind of just spent around just doing earning what I could. Um, but I never like I never studied business in school. I never really um knew that this was going to be a you know a turning point for me. It's not something I've always wanted to be a teacher. And I think over the eight years, they call it in, in um, teaching terms, it's like the seven year itch, whereby you kind of, um, you know what the job's about, you're well settled in, um, you can go from class to class, but is this something that you're going to want for the rest of your life? Um, and I think the big thing with teaching is the security aspect of things. So once you get in a school, you get permanency. Um, I think only for the fact I've taken a career break, um, probably would still be teaching um so yeah that was the turning point is where i was so frustrated that i couldn't find anything else to do um and i'd always been interested in positive psychology um reading books personal development that was brilliant passion. Yeah. i'm really in interested in that myself um i'd like to know like what got you into all that positive psychology and personal development goodness um it's long as I can remember I've always been interested in motivational quotes and would have kind of created little vision boards for myself probably didn't know what they were but I knew that they motivated me um yeah. there was one I created about you know um to get out and run because I was like I always feel so much better when I get out and do a bit of exercise and things um and I remember just having that awareness of like if Barack Obama finds time in his day to get out <laughs> and get a bit of exercise we can all do it that's it. So, <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was 
yeah, I've always just kind of listened and I went through a phase of like YouTube was fantastic because there's just a wealth of information on there um, with say the likes of Tony Robbins or Brené Brown. Um, and yeah, I just think it was a lovely transition to be able to help people, you know, do the same thing, find their own motivation. Brilliant. So I suppose you, you obviously use all that, uh, what you learned in the service offering uh, that you currently provide. So I found, obviously I'm a service provider as well. I run a, a digital marketing agency, but I found it extremely difficult to start my business initially because no one knew who I was and I had no previous work that I could call my own because I worked for a company obviously beforehand. Talk to me about how you started your own business and how you managed to get the first couple of clients um, on board. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, I know it was really hard because I remember when I was doing my coaching qualification, I decided that I knew that if I couldn't start to sell myself, if I couldn't start to earn money from this, it was going to be really hard to survive. And so I was doing the start your own business course for the oh, last yeah. number of months uh, while I was doing the course. I was doing the two courses um, simultaneously. And I was terrified of all of that money mindset thing about, you know, tax returns and, <laughs> you know, where the, the income was going to come from. Um, and it was a massive challenge in the start because nobody knows you, nobody, you know, my network was limited. I remember... Yeah. I did a course at one stage with the Innovation Academy and they said, you know, who are your network? And I says, I don't have a network. I'm a teacher. <laughs> and, um, I, you know, I never saw that that was a network or there was potential opportunities by reaching out to my friends and letting people know what I do and, um, you know, the, the change that was happening for me in my career. Um, and so, yeah, it's, um, I think my first, my big challenge at the start was, like, who do I do? Who do I help? Because as a, a, a career coach or a, a coach, so we get a life coaching qualification. What was I most passionate about? Was it life coaching? Was it money coaching? Was it career coaching? Um, and I had to try out a few different niches. So the first one I tried, and it was quite successful actually, was um, self-esteem for children. Because I could see that children in our classrooms, especially working with one-to-one -one in small groups, and um, they suffered from a lack of self-esteem. But actually, I could see that adults suffered from a lack of self-confidence and self-esteem. Yeah. So I, I can do something with this because I work with children. <laughs> and so the first niche that I chose was helping parents of children with low self-esteem. So they were concerned for themselves or concerned for their children. Um, because they could see that they were lacking a bit of confidence. So I ran a few um, workshops and things. Um, and then I tried fitness coaching and kind of the whole mindset around, um, yeah, just where we're motivated and the, not, I didn't get too much into the nutrition side of things because that's not my area of expertise, but I know that if we can kind of dig down and find out why, that was going to be really, really important. And then eventually I settled on career coaching for teachers. So it's, yeah, you don't know. I think, well, I didn't know at the start of my business exactly what, how things were going to pan out. But, um, yeah, I think yeah. that's the same for everyone. Well, for a lot of people. And anyway, you know, you kind of have to pivot and adapt. That's, it sounds like that's exactly what you've done. You're experiencing, you are tasting bits and bobs, you are trying different industries, and then you found one that suits you. So, um, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's how it kind of goes for most people. Um, yeah. So 
before I, I don't want to get into COVID too much, but before COVID, where you're meeting people face to face and doing consultations like that, um, t- talk to us about your your business pre COVID, and then obviously when COVID happened, how did you pivot and transition, if you have? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, two summers ago, all of my one to one sessions were face to face. Um, I have an office at, that I use in Salbridge and um, I'm living in Offaly so it was quite a commute up and down to Salbridge during the summertime and um, it was great so I suppose I my main services are helping people improve their application forms their CVs and job applications and um, but that was always done fully online because it was very easy to, for me to be able to review it, review the document in a written way, give feedback, yeah. and then we did a phone call. But the interview confidence coaching that I was doing was always face-to-face, um, and it was lovely to be there in person with the client, um, just watching their body language um, and really helping them um, in a face-to-face way. But when COVID happened, um, I had to transition online. Um, so it didn't, in one way, it didn't make a massive difference because a lot of what I do was the job applications bit. But um, yeah, I remember kind of April last year, my business started to get busy um, because it, it was starting into the job seeking time for teachers. Yeah. Um, and then, so the interview confidence people had to go onto Zoom. And I remember even though I was familiar with it, I wouldn't have hosted um, Zoom meetings or anything like that. And that was a massive business pivot as you say um so it was just getting comfortable with with the technology um but it also was fantastic it really worked out well for me in terms of like it allowed me the opportunity then to host webinars and talks and so the potential is fantastic and I think from talking to a lot of coaches out there they're going to run online from now on Brilliant. So it, just from what you're saying there as well, I kind of get the impression that you're, you, you embrace change. And I feel as entrepreneurs and business owners, you need to do that. So you pivoted your business, even though it wasn't entirely uh, impacted by COVID, but you did have to pivot some sort. Yeah, how did you pivot with your personality and learning to sell and learning to network? Because to me, in any way, they're extremely daunting things. They were at the start. Uh, they still are. Every time I have to do, even a podcast like this, I get nervous beforehand if I have to speak with people. It's it's daunting. So how did you kind of um, overcome uh, those obstacles if they were obstacles for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I'm naturally kind of a quiet person. I find this easier, actually. I'm, I'm so glad that... <laughs> Your lovely personality to have and, and you're a great listener <laughs> you're doing fantastic it is lovely it's because i've done a few interviews on um instagram and i find that very nerve-wracking um and um so it's easier sitting in the interview receipts than it is to do the interview but um in terms of how my personality has changed um like i see i remember years ago when i was in looking for jobs and um that whole period of uncertainty of like you know how is this going to pan out and um having to put yourself out there it's difficult like it's definitely outside of your comfort zone um but I think when we look at you know I focus quite a lot now on like the stretch zone so I can stay and you know when I saw the opportunity to arrive to do the podcast 
staying inside my comfort zone would be like oh it's not lovely opportunity for somebody else <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> and um then outside of my comfort zone not really sure what uh, but I, I i find this like because i realized that okay it could be for somebody else but it could also be for me and i listen to it a lot a lot of podcasts and i see how much of a fantastic opportunity it can be just to share your your story and and passions and so Definitely. yeah this is into my stretch zone now as opposed to being totally something that's in my you know outside of my comfort zone so by focusing that reframe and say oh well you know I can do this this might be a little bit uncomfortable um but it's something that I can do when I prepare a little bit for it and um yeah no so I, I think that that's a nice way to think about things yeah I think I exactly what you said stretch sound that sounds that sounds interesting but I would be uh, a person like yourself you'd see someone like asking to someone to go on their podcast and I'd be like oh that would be good for someone else and I'd be like I'm not fucking doing that are you mad <laughs> I had a girl on last week um on the podcast and she asked me after oh you need to come on and do an Instagram live and I was like are you for real? <laughs> and then I caught myself in a moment and I was like, no, do you know what? I actually, I will. I think, I think it will be a uh, good value, you know, that way. So, um, yeah, it's all about taking the opportunities as they come. That's, uh, it's really good. So you're, you're focusing on coaching teachers. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that. Do you feel that te- like your target audience, do you feel like they really need the service that you provide in order to get in better jobs uh, and the likes? Yeah, very much so. Um, what I noticed a little bit about that, that uh, stretch zone and comfort zone that I mentioned was a lot of people are so are suffering from low self-confidence and my clients yeah. tell me all of the time I hate talking about myself and I think you know that fear of visibility of actually showing up saying um you know, this is who I am. And, and as teachers, it's hard because now we've had to show up more online because we are doing Zoom calls with classes and just really the whole teaching um, sector have had to pivot and change so much. It's been flipped upside down, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, the feedback I'm hearing for principals, from principals is that, for some people making job applications that might not necessarily like to speak about themselves, especially that whole mindset of, you know, who does she think she is, you know, talking about her achievements and talking about her, his or her, you know, the difference that she's made. Um, that's, you know, that, that goes against the grain for a lot of Irish people, I feel, to big themselves yeah. up. And so when it comes to making a, a written application, um, or to sit face to face or you know on a zoom call in, in an interview um, that's really hard for a lot of people out there um, yeah. so by working with somebody like me it's a fantastic opportunity to say Do you know what yeah this you know x y and z this is what I've done and this is the change that I've made and it's um, you know it's okay to be proud of that <laughs> yeah so do, yeah. do you think it would be people uh self-sabotaging like teachers self-sabotaging themselves or do you think it could be possibly imposter syndrome as well like who am I to put myself out there like how do you if I was a teacher like what what things would you what advice or tips would you would you have if teachers are going to be listening to this uh what tips would you have for them yeah well imposter syndrome is a big thing um 
online and social media is a fantastic place to gather ideas and um there's so much out there sometimes it can be overwhelming because it's wonderful that there's so much there but you know to be so selective in i suppose the messages that you take in um and actually i always talk about kind of grounding yourself because you know there's great ideas out there but are they for me <laughs> um and it can be a massive place where we can compare ourselves to other people um and sometimes when i'm feeling that that's a little bit much i kind of take a step back step away from the social media um because yeah imposter syndrome i'm not good enough um what i'm doing isn't good enough um i'm trying my best but it's, you know again it's not good enough um but also i think a lack of awareness um like we've just spoken about about to take a step back and and watch how successful you are or to watch how um the effect that you have on on the children because sometimes we or often most of the time we don't hear that feedback we don't maybe hear it from management we don't hear it from parents we don't hear it from the children themselves so it's up to us i suppose to have that responsibility and say oh do you know what you know again it goes back to gratitude i'm so glad yeah. that this happened i'm so you know look how the children reacted that was really fun um so i think yeah that's that's a, a key thing to remember really brilliant um so as you've started a coaching uh business consultation everything like that i'd like to know did you kind of other than youtube did you lean on any resources to kind of grow into that role uh, was there any books or any online resources that if someone was trying to learn to become a coach or a life coach is there anywhere that they can go online yeah um if someone was looking to become a life coach i did my coaching qualification with um, a lady called mary curran and she is the center for personal and professional development so that's a nice way to kind of um you know it, it was a lovely small group of us and um, so we really got very in-depth and knew each other very well at, at the end of the course um but there are other groups called ili um oh gosh kingston college do a coaching qualification as well um so there there are lots of coaches out there and i think the key thing is to find what you're passionate about like as you say kind of at the start you're really uh going in a bit blindfolded because yeah. um you don't really know it's this wonderful journey and you might be very passionate about psychology and positivity and the potential for having a positive mindset is but it's a journey of discovery really um so yeah it's that, that was the case but in terms of books i loved um who moved my cheese and that's oh, the whole yeah. idea of change. <laughs> um, a very simple little story. You could almost read it with children. There's definitely yeah. stories out there that, um, yeah, that, that children could could understand. Um, I studied when I was part of the the um, coaching qualification, the four agreements, and I really that really touched me um, for how we show up in the world. Um, I read recently um, Jay Shetty's. Uh, think like a monk oh what was uh, that like yeah fabulous that was really nice because i think as society gets um, so fast and we're thinking so you know three steps ahead of where we are at the moment to actually take that step back and see what's important and reevaluate. and i think that there's a massive place you know i'm missing 
I should do more, but like <laughs> my yoga practice or like that whole, and I think, you know, meditation and mindfulness and all of that, that's all very on trend at the moment. I think what you get with the face-to-face classes for the likes of the yoga classes and the meditation classes of being there in person. Um, for me, I'm always a big believer in, you know, I suppose charging for my services but also paying for other services because it's a commitment to myself that if I pay for something in advance, like a yoga course or a meditation course, I'm going to show up because I've already invested in it. So the free stuff doesn't work that much for me. I always kind of feel like I yeah. the investment is that showing up for that, myself. Yeah, That's a really uh, good idea, actually, to, to kind of pay because then you're, there's some sort of level of commitment there and then it kind of spurs you on where if it was free you could kind of like just rub it off like ah I'm not really not really into it or whatever so that's actually that's a good that's a good show I'm just wondering about uh, you being an entrepreneur and a business woman yourself um do you like every entrepreneur has to wear plenty of hats uh, throughout the day Uh, if it's not the service you're providing it has to be maybe the finance or everything online you probably have to be your own digital marketer as well I'm wondering um, if you did have a weakness or something that you didn't like in your business, do you outsource it? So like for me, I'm not a numbers person at all. I'm just, I don't know what it is. So I, I work with an accountant to look after all that stuff because otherwise I'd be stressed out in my head. <laughs> so is there anything similar to yourself or do you, do you manage everything uh, yourself? That's uh, I'm exactly the same. My, my bookkeeping I, this year, on hands up this year, um, I do believe, and I've been involved in, in um, kind of coaching groups, mentoring groups that, like, I do believe that you should know how to do it yourself. So I struggled for a few years about doing it myself. And this year, only this year, where I, my business is getting bigger, I said, no, I'm investing. This is outsourcing because um, it just caused me too much frustration. I can, yeah, I can do a little bit of bookkeeping and I've done it. But yeah, um, yeah it's just my time is more valuable in other places. So, yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, I kind of like the social media side of things. I'll do my posts, my videos, all of that. Um, but yeah, it's been a massive um, release and relief to be able to kind of say, I'm going to invest in this and this is what I need to do to, to grow my business so that I work within my zone of genius. Your zone of genius, is, it, is that kind of what, like your core kind of service or what you're most passionate about? Yeah what I'm most passionate about um and yeah it's just as I say if I sit down to do my accounts um I don't know the best ways to do it I know my way to do it but so the amount of time I'd waste would be more used more beneficially in another way so yeah my zone of genius is is in other places I think (laughs) what you said there though about uh kind of doing it yourself at the start uh I think that's good practice because if you kind of know how to do something and then you hire someone else to do it, at least you kind of know uh, you're getting what you pay for. Like I always say to people, learn to do your digital marketing yourself if you can, your social media, your website. You'll save loads of money. You're in control of it. It's it's easy to do once you learn, but there is a steep learning curve. And then if you if you get to know even bits and pieces of it, you can then outsource to someone and then you know what they should or shouldn't be doing and you'll know if you're getting a good quality service. So I think what you said there is kind of, you know, like kind of delve into it a little bit, but yeah, well, if you're if it's not your, in your genius own, well then kind of offhand it because your time is really important. Absolutely. And I think, 
Um, I, since running my own business, I have this massive respect for anybody who's an entrepreneur because we only see what's on the outside. You know, I'm thinking of local shops or um, like, luckily I'm just my business is me, but there's so much to run in a business. And um, yeah, I'm so glad, I suppose, that I understand that now. And I do really like where we talk about, you know, supporting local businesses. It's so important because when we walk into a shop or when we just, you know, call around the, the vet or whatever it is, um, there's so much more to their job than just do, you know, that face-to-face meeting. Yeah, 100%. So Orla, where do you see yourself in the next six to 12 months? Like what, what do you envision? I know COVID is still going on and everything like that, but ideally, what is the next six to 12 months looking like for you and what would you like to achieve? Yeah, well, um, I'm getting back into my busy period again. So Christmas, you know, most people have their jobs at this stage of the year. So what I'm doing is I'm hoping to get my message out to more people. Um, I run a range of one-to-one services. I have a guide that's out. Um, So I'm continuing to kind of tweak and scale my business um, so that I'm reaching more people whether that be through webinars or through different avenues um i would love to start working with say the teacher training colleges to help newly qualified teachers get their um get those skills that they're missing i suppose that start with that whole self-belief and um be able to create better job applications so that they're less frustrated uh, when they're applying for jobs so yeah i'm really excited for the next six to 12 months um and the potential for um i think again this year when i realized the fact that this you know say november december january are going to be my busy period or are going to be my quiet period um my sister is living in america so i'm going to make it my goal to kind of go and see her if covid depending ah, um, lovely yeah <laughs> yeah that's very nice so now i have you on video on audio so yeah, 100% accountable. I want to come back in six to 12 months and see you absolutely scaling and flying. So uh, yeah. Arla, I have you. <laughs> <laughs> now, just before we uh, wrap things up, if anyone wants to get in touch with you or uh, get in touch with you for business, anything like that, uh, could you give us your website and your social media handles? Yeah, uh, so my website is orladempseycoaching.ie. Um, and there's lots of new information there. I recently put up a couple of freebies as well for teachers that want to kind of delve a bit deeper into um, how to apply for jobs effectively. And then on my Instagram and Facebook, I'm at Orla Dempsey Coaching. Um, and that's the main way to contact me. Brilliant. And what social media channel would you be on most? Or do you kind of you jump on Facebook and Instagram to kind of say um, Instagram is my primary one. Um, it's uh, newer than my Facebook would be. Um, it's, I'm not even a year on Instagram just yet. But uh, so you'll catch me there very, very quickly, very easily. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. All right, Arla. Well, I just want to say thanks very much for taking your time out your day to talk to me. I had a real good chat with you. I learned a lot about you and teaching and coaching, life coaching, everything. Um, and yeah, thanks very much for coming on. Lovely. Thank you so much, Curtis. No problem. Take care.